everyone. Welcome to Super Women. Today's guest is Megan Rube, the founder of the Sculpt Society, who I became obsessed with in the early months of the pandemic. She saved my sanity. So I'm so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to Super Women. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. So I would love to start with your original passion for fitness, all things keeping and staying healthy. Where did that start for you? Yeah, you know, I, I'm i not sure it was ever about fitness for me growing up. It was just about movement and, and, and the love of dance. So I fell really in love with um, classical ballet when I was like early on. And then in high school, joined my, you know, high school dance team and just loved moving and specifically, you know, with, with dance. And then that really transformed for me post college, you know, kind of in this weird world of, of post-school trying to figure out how to stay in shape and, you know, not knowing how to really do that and navigate the gym. And so, you know, it was a, it was a longer path to finding dance-based fitness. But for me, you know, I think the, the joy of, of exercise really stems from, from my love of dance. So how, when did you start dancing? I started, you know, at seven because, you know, at the time we, I moved around a bunch of the kids. We were living in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at the time. And my mom had found a ballet studio and she only took students who were seven years or older, which is kind of now considered old. I feel like kids are starting at like two or three, um, but she really believed in muscle memory. And so, yeah, I, I really only started dance at, at seven. It gives me hope for my daughter, who is an incredible dancer. She's six, but she's like, I hate it. And I'm like, but you're gifted. You have the turnout. You have the feet. Ah. <laughs> you can take advantage of this. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, hopefully, you know, I know for me, I think as a kid, you know, feeling like you were good at something, that was like a big driving force. So hopefully she just recognizes that and owns it. Oh, yeah. Not yet, but I, I hope Not I yet. can be there with her. <laughs> Okay, so when you, when it came time to begin to take your career in a more serious path, what made you decide to launch the Sculpt Society, and what were you doing just prior to that? Yeah, so um, I moved to New York from California um, to go to NYU's Tisch Dance Program. So that was, you know, a very serious. Really, I got a BFA, but it was really felt like a conservatory because we were just in it all day long, and you know, it was modern and ballet and. And then they cut you graduate and you're kind of like thrown into this professional dance world where you're trying to make it and you're just auditioning every day and it's long and it's grueling. And as you know, you know, New York City is really expensive. Um, I was making no money. And so I started teaching in a local studio, um, dance-based fitness. And so I did that as a side hustle for six and a half years while I was auditioning, while I was dancing professionally. So I went on and I, you know, worked at a small modern dance company. I did some theater work and then I was working with the MBA in Brooklyn with the Brooklyn Nets um, on their dance team, the Brooklyn Nets. And that was amazing. You know, I really was able to, you know, I felt like really, I felt really lucky. I was in New York City able, being able to really pursue my dance career and teach on the side. And then as the years went by, to be honest, I just my love affair with fitness and connecting with women really started to fill my cup up a little bit more. And I just saw such longevity in this idea that, you know, I could, I could do, I could really create something for myself and carve out a little uh, niche for myself in, in dance-based fitness. So about six and a half years into teaching 
fitness did I decide to really, you know, launch and, and start on my own company, which is now the Sculpt Society. So did you start, was it officially the Sculpt Society six years ago, or did it slowly morph into that from the classes you were teaching and then once technology progressed? Yeah, no. So I left and I launched the Sculpt Society in um, March of 2017. So it's really only been four years. And yes, I launched with the name. Um, I really felt like there was a gap in dance-based fitness. I'd been you know, teaching for a while and I really felt like, especially in New York City and boutique fitness, um, there was a lot of intimidation around dance-based fitness. I felt like unless you were had a dance background, you couldn't just jump into these classes. I really wanted to create a warm, friendly environment, which didn't really exist in boutique fitness at the time. Um, and I just really wanted to make women feel really empowered through movement. And we're busy, right? I didn't want it to be hours long. So like, let's make it a really efficient, effective workout that's under an hour so that women can go on you know, in their day. So I felt like that was really lacking. So when I launched, it was with a very clear understanding of, of, of the class, of the format and what I wanted to create. I'm going to underline that intimidation because I never, I will never forget. My friend took me <laughs> to a dance-based fitness class. I think you probably know who this is. And it was like, alpha females, get out of my way. Mm. If you don't know the steps, then you're nothing. And if you want to learn the steps, you can pay extra to have a private class. And I was like, fuck mm -hmm. this. I don't have time. <laughs> and I don't want to feel shitty about myself when I walk out of here. No, no I know. And, and I saw that so repeatedly. And I, 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 that's another thing about dance-based fitness. Like, why does it need to be so complicated? So with the Sculpt Society, really making it simple, repetitive movement so that if you are a dancer or if you are not a dancer, you can walk into the class or take a digital, you know, a class on the Sculpt Society app. And like you said, leave feeling successful because at the end of the day, working out is intimidating regardless. You're putting on spandex. You likely don't have makeup on. You're walking into a room full of other women. Like, that's all BS. Let's like, we're all in it together, just trying to feel good in our bodies, right? Like at the core of what we're doing. So why does it need to feel so overwhelming? Totally. So how did you come up with your method? Because there's a lot of different variations mm -hmm. out there. Was it, yeah, I guess I'm just curious, how did you come up with it and how do you evolve it? Yeah, I think at the core of it, you know, before I launched the Sculpt Society, I was really teaching for six and a half years. And along that journey, I got certified. I was really just taking so many classes in New York City. So I was taking yoga, reformer Pilates, other dance-based fitness classes, other sculpt classes. And just honestly, from, you know, my lifetime of movement as a dancer, really finding what felt good in my own body and structuring a flow that felt, you know, fun, really fun, but efficient. So that was always my goal. How can we make this empowering, fun, and efficient? And so, you know, that, that certainly... Uh, wasn't perfect. And my poor husband, boyfriend at the time, you know, had to be my little guinea pig. And we would, <laughs> I would go through formats and see, you know, what he thought and, and how the flow felt. And, you know, that took some time and practice. And we got it to a point where I felt like it was, it was time to launch. And then I think to answer your question, how do you evolve? I think you evolve slowly. I think sometimes in fitness, people think that it needs to be again, super complicated, right? There are certain moves like a plank or a lunge that are always going to be hard. We can make it fresh and new and fun with different, you know, songs or adding in a, a band. But I also found 
a lot of studios in boutique fitness were trying to do all of these crazy moves and people were getting injured and hurt. And so again, kind of just at the core of the Sculpt Society, making it simple and fun and effective, right? So yes, we can make it, we can still make it fresh by putting fun new pieces of equipment and and new music to it, but um, it it will forever. I know it will work because I've been doing it for so long and my body is still feeling it the next day. I was so sore when I tried your class. I I don't remember. <laughs> we did go live and I was like, oh yeah. my God, I think I'm going to die. And then I was like, well, if I feel like I like being sore, I feel like that's my proof that I've done something good for my body. And then I downloaded your app and I was doing it every day and every day I was sore. And I was like, how could this be? Uh, but, it, but it was, it was great. Yeah. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah. You know, and again, like it has to be formatted correctly, right? The person who's, you know, I'm, I'm not just like throwing random moves and coming up with things on the spot. I'm really like taking the time before I teach a class to really format it and, and combine simple movement that is very effective. I think that's the difference. I think people, um, you know, it's not just thrown together. It's it's very much, I'm thinking about what muscles I want to hit and how I want you to feel in it and in the next day. So with the ability for technology to allow you to have a subscription-based service for you to be able to stream or do lives, that's incredible opportunity, but it also becomes increasingly competitive how would you say you've been able to differentiate yourself and continue to see success with so many different fitness, you know, dance-based fitness mm-hmm. coming to market? Yeah. I feel really lucky, you know, I launched the Sculpt Society in real life in New York City in 2017 March and then in November of 2019. So, not too far from when the pandemic hit had I launched the Sculpt Society app. And I think, again, going back to the core values of, of what I wanted for the Sculpt Society, it really was the community aspect was really big for me. You know, I wanted women to meet friends in class and, and I always came back to the energy and how the room felt. So I wanted to take that to an online experience. And so everything I'm doing with the Sculpt Society app really comes down to the community and making sure people feel connected. So yes, is the is the market crowded absolutely, but I think for me, you know, I'm when I'm filming these workouts, I'm talking to you and we're friends and it's not I think my approach is maybe a little bit different to other people in the market. And then I've also incorporated, luckily, the ability on on the Sculpt Society app to go live. So being able to connect with, with women live, I think is so incredible. So knowing that thousands of people are working out at the same time. And then after every single live, I take 30 to 45 minutes and I have a coffee chat and the community can write in, I can see their questions. And I've been doing this since day one of the pandemic. So it's been over a year of these coffee chats and these lives and I get to know them. They get to know me and I, I, it's more than just working out, honestly. Um, And then we have, of course, our private Facebook group where people can connect further. And I'm just constantly thinking about, you know, how can we make this feel, how can we make people feel less alone if they are working out at home? Because whether the pandemic, you know, we're getting the vaccine, there's still going to be I would say most of us are still going to retain some fitness app. And so if you are in a community and if you are working out at home, how can you feel more connected and and less alone doing it? I 100% agree. I think that I can't wait to go back to a workout class, but I also know that, 
you know, my friend and I were talking about how our schedules have allowed for us to do fitness almost anytime, anywhere. And once Mm -hmm. the school year starts in September and the kids, you know, you're on a bus at 7am and you're rushing around like the mayhem of, of insanity of at least a New York city life will kick in. And so to know that I can do this anywhere is, is really relieving, I would say. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, gosh. And also if you came and took a in real life class with me after tax, it's like 40 bucks, you know, and my, my online, you know, the Sculpt Society app is 19.99 or 9.99 a year if you have a yearly subscription. So it's just a also way more cost effective, time effective, especially if you're a mom. I mean, you know, the amount of messages I get that like, thank God for this online platform because my baby's napping. I have 10 minutes. And like you said, you can just, you can fit it in. And at, again, at the end of the day, it's to feel better, right? So if we can fit in just 10 minutes a day, which I'm a big advocate for, it really, I know for me, mentally changes how I'm feeling in my body and in my day. And that really serves you long-term. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So with your experience, I would love to get your views. You know, there's obviously tons of opportunity online for body shaming. Um, There's Mm. opportunity with always seeing these perfect images of women. And then, you know, why should I bother working out? I'll never change. Or even if, even if I work out every day, I'll still look in the mirror and go, but this is still wrong. Like I only see the flaws. So what do you tell women as they begin or they're on their workout journey so they can feel positive? And I'm asking you for myself as well, because I definitely am always like, oh, my stomach. Yeah. The the three babies that, that just isn't, I'm going to be at war (laughs) with my stomach for, I'll I'll never have a six pack no matter what I do. And that's fine. Yeah. But I would also like for my daughter to say, mommy, are you pregnant? I'd like for that to end. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I start with really telling people like I've been there. 
I know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in my own body. Um, I went through that in my early 20s. And I think it's really important that you can find someone or an instructor or a program that can talk to that because I think most women have gone through some kind of unhealthy relationship with food or their body. So if someone is in that mo- in, in that now, in the thick of it, it can feel very isolating. And I think just knowing that, A, you're not alone. Most of us have gone through it. I've gone through it. I know how that feels. But I think unfortunately... Unfortunately, I think what we don't talk about, and I think maybe we're starting to talk about, is is it really starts with you and the internal conversation that you are having with yourself about your body, the stories you are telling yourself about your body and what you're believing. So I think that can sound really woohoo to a lot of people. A lot of people are like, don't tell me that. Tell me exactly what foods to eat and what to do. And while yes, that can help (laughs) to really heal some of that, it starts with the inner dialogue. And for me, that was how I healed so much of my unhealthy relationship with my body and with food. And and I think it's ongoing. You know, it's not something that you just work on and suddenly it's done. Do I have bad days where I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I don't feel great, right? Or I feel bloated or of course. So I think A2 to recognize that it's just an ongoing process that you have to really tap into because our thoughts are so powerful. Again, really woohoo here, but it really was what shifted for me and in healing that. So I, I think that's step one for me when I'm talking to clients. I think step two is also being an advocate and 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 not, you know, there are so many things I could do that would um, sell more subscriptions, like a before and after photographs of my clients. I absolutely refuse to do that. I think it sends such a negative message to women that the after is somehow better. And I don't care how you try it and spin it. Like it is, it is just a really negative message to keep pressing or to keep showing women, right? We're inundated all the time with these before and after photographs and fitness. Um, There are things, you know, that I refuse to say in a workout class. I'm never going to talk to you about a six pack abs. I'm never going to talk to you about your love handles. I'm never going to talk like the words I'm choosing to use in my class are being, are about feeling strong in your own body, about feeling good, about, you know, showing, being proud that you showed up today. So I'm really intentional because because I get triggered, you know, like I get triggered still when I see a before and after photo or I'm hearing a fitness instructor talking about getting six pack abs. Will, if you take the Sculpt Society and you do it consistently, will you see changes in your body? Heck yeah. But I don't want that to be what it's all about. And I think if, if I can slowly change, you know, one person and their mindset around fitness and their bodies and feeling really proud of themselves for moving them, I feel like I've done my job. I need to get better at that, to be Sorry, honest. Because I, no, 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 that was great. It was great. I need to get better at it because I love those before and after photos. They're like always like, oh, maybe, oh, should I take a before and after photo? Like, definitely is exactly what you said. It is. It is a negative yeah. cycle, but I, but I'm always like, oh, it must have worked because look at her abs or whatever it is. I know it's clickbait. You know, it, that's all that is. Yeah. So you're going to be a mom in five weeks, a first time mom in five weeks. Um, (laughs) I'd love to hear how uh, that's changed your perspective and just feelings about body and and all that stuff, because that's definitely a time when you are the most out of control of the changes. 
Oh gosh, you know, and I think something that we just don't talk about a lot as women, that's like, you're pregnant, you're, be grateful, you're lucky, put a smile on, enjoy it. It's the best moment of your life. And well, yes, I am so grateful. And I know I'm so lucky because I, I've had family members, I've had friends struggle with, with infertility and, and loss. And it's been really hard because I've felt I've, I haven't loved being pregnant and the body changes has been, I'm, you know, very transparently has been, has hard, been hard for me. You know, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I just don't recognize myself, but you know, we're growing a human in there and it's, I know it's part of the process. You know, I know she's healthy and thank God she's healthy. And, you know, I think for me, it's honing back in to what am I saying to myself, right? that internal dialogue that I'm having with myself about my body and the changes that I'm experiencing, it's kind of taking me back to my early twenties where I was dealing with that as well. That, you know, the more I can just tone into that and change the conversation for, for myself, the better. Um, but I'm not going to lie and then sugarcoat it and be like, it's been amazing. Um, I think, um, it's been, it's been a bit of a struggle and, you know, our, our bodies are amazing, but I am ready for these five weeks to to be over. (laughs) I am so light, much like you. I hated every second of being pregnant from (laughs) every single one of my pregnancies. And it's almost like, like you said, you get shamed for complaining if you have a healthy and normal pregnancy, but it still fucking sucked. I have no other words (laughs) for, I love my, like, I love my child the second they come out of my body, but those nine months are the worst nine months of my life. Oh, and by the way, not nine months, 10, <laughs> ten months, 10 months. <laughs> I know the cruel, the cruelest joke of them all is the 10th month. I know. And it just, it's a long, it's a long time. Um, but yes, I agree. And you know what? I really hope I keep saying to my husband, I'm like, I just, you know, women have been doing this for so long and having multiple children. So I know that it's worth it because because they wouldn't do it again if it, if it wasn't. It's really trite, but people, you know, they say you'll forget it all as soon as they come out. And it is kind of true because then you keep going back for it. Yeah. Yes. I hope so. I'll have like amnesia. <laughs> Don't worry. It sets in pretty soon. Um, <laughs> so what do you have now that is coming up that you're excited to share or working on? I saw you just moved. Yes. So Gosh, um, it's been a big year. I got married, um, I got pregnant, and now we just moved to Los Angeles. So that's been a big transition. You know, I, I've been in New York for a really long time, um, but my family is out West. Both my sisters are here. My parents are here. And, you know, I think the idea was always to, to land in, in Los Angeles when, when we started a family. However, you know, I don't really know LA, even though my parents are in Santa Barbara and it's not that far away. So it's a little scary. It's definitely a transition and, but we're excited to be in more space and, um, to have a backyard. And I, I feel confident, you know, I'll be, I'll be in New York every quarter. I've got my TSS trainers, um, in New York. So they're holding down the East coast and then I'm excited to, to open up shop on the West coast and, and expand, um, the Sculpt Society community on the West Coast a little bit more. And I think, you know, the main focus for me is just continuing to to concentrate on the Sculpt Society app and the community there. I really don't think online fitness is going anywhere. I kind of, I look at it like 
um, almost like Netflix. Like you still go to the movie theaters or we eventually will all go back to the movie theaters, but you also have your Netflix subscription and you watch your, your movies and your shows on Netflix probably more than you go to the movies. So I really look at like, look at it like that. Like you may go back to the gym, but you're also going to have your, your online fitness app, whatever, whatever community you choose to be a part of. But so for me, it's just, you know, I, I love, I am so obsessed with my, with my TSS fam there and, and reaching more women and, and growing and just, um, leaning into that a little bit. Of course, we'll, I'll probably do a couple in real life pop-up classes post baby, but, um, but we'll see. So what is the transition like been between, you know, you started it, it was just you, it was you, you know, you and your body were the the product and delivery system, but now you have women, I don't, maybe men too, that, you know, are part of the Sculpt Society that are trainers. So how have you had Mm -hmm. to use that, I guess, right side of your brain to become Mm. a businesswoman? And what's been the hardest part of that? Oh, it's been really tough for me. Um, not from like, a, you know, I've always had TSS trainers teaching the Sculpt Society as well as I, as me um, in New York. But I think you, more so like using the business side of my brain, I'm such a creative, you know, my zone of genius is like being in the studio, coming up with content, um, creating classes, interacting with clients. So for, you know, really at the start of the pandemic, it was just me running the show and it was overwhelming. You know, I was doing everything from accounting to working with factories overseas for equipment to the fulfillment center to answering support emails. And it was, it was a lot. Um, I, so I think two parts to your question, like, you know, the business side of me is, it was realizing that I needed help. So um, my husband officially came on board um, last month as my COO, which has been amazing. And and then bringing in, like you you asked about my TSS trainers, bringing them onto the Sculpt Society app. That was always the plan. You know, you know, yes, am I the face of the brand? Sure. But at the core, what the Sculpt Society is, it's not Megan Roop. It's it's the method, it's the programming, it's the ethos of making women feel empowered through movement. So I never wanted it to just be me. I think things I'm working on is, you know, just management and managing people. I'm not great at that. Um, getting, getting a little bit better at that. Um, luckily my husband's has managed people before and he's really great at that. So, you know, he's teaching me so much. I think the last couple of years, I feel like I've been in business school, um, learn, just learning as I go and faking it till I make it. And, um, it's, but it's been a learning curve. That's for sure. What has been the biggest thing you you've learned from this time period? That I can't do everything. You know, I'm someone, I think I'm so passionate about the Sculpt Society and wanting to have my hands in everything. And I think as a CEO, you do need to have a touch point on everything, but you know, I'm not, I'm not great at everything. (laughs) So I need to be, most of my time needs to be spent doing that content creation, filming classes, all of that, and hiring people who are better at marketing or better at accounting or bookkeeping or whatever it is, you know, that is how you actually grow a business is by releasing a little bit of control. And that's, that, that's been difficult-ish, but once we have the right team members on, it's been a relief as well. So there's two questions that I love to ask all my guests. 
And one of them might be either advice that you'd like to share that you learned the hard way or someone gave to you that's been exceptionally helpful in your journey. Gosh, I think um, so many of us, I think if you're in your early 20s, you just kind of take a job and you'll sign a contract, especially if you are in the arts. Um, You're just grateful to have a job and for someone to pay you. But I cannot stress how important it is to read your contracts. Know what you are signing away because people will try and take advantage of you. And it's it's really, really important that you... um, bring in some some expert, whether it's a friend who's a lawyer or you hire a lawyer because, yeah, contracts are really, really important to know what you're signing. Yes. And if you can't understand all that mumbo jumbo, find someone, a friend in law school to help you. Exactly. Exactly. Or trade services. You could, you could give them a free uh, TSS class and they can read you the legalese. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then my last question for you is what would we be surprised to know about you? Something that people would be like, I couldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed those things. Um, I think a lot of people think I'm really extroverted, right? I teach classes. I'm in front of a camera, but I'm actually pretty introverted and quiet. And I think people are surprised to know that about me. That is the last thing I would think with you being in front of the camera and all your interviews and everything. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's funny. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely an introvert I, or maybe I'm an extroverted introvert. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a zillion combos of that. I know. I know. Um, all right. Well, where can people find you, support you? Where can they download the app, share all the good stuff? Yeah, I would love that. So we have a two week free trial on the Sculpt Society app. You can download by going to or sign up by going to thesculpsociety.com. If you sign up for the year, it's honestly like 10 bucks a month. It's so worth it. And then if you want to come say hi on Instagram, I am at Megan Roop and I'm at the Sculpt Society. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, for anyone listening, the classes are incredible. It got me through the worst of COVID, at least for me, the worst, you know, the first few months were the worst. And so you really... My abs, thank you. My my abs that you can't see, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. Thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to head over to RebeccaMinkoff.com. Show your love and support for the brand. Buy something for yourself. Buy something for another. And also don't forget to try my new fragrance. Again, it is available at all Nordstrom, Macy's, Scentbirds, and Birchboxes, as well as our site.